Father, we just praise you. We thank you, God. Lord, that you are a way maker. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that you are here. Your word tells us in Malachi that you're a, you have an, a breaker anointing that you go before with an anointing to break through every, every hardship, every fallow ground that needs to be broken up, God. Lord, every chain that the enemy might bind us with, Lord, every word of oppression that might be laid on us, every label that we might give ourselves or someone else might put on us, God, we thank you, Lord, that you are the God of breakthrough that can break every curse, break every chain, that can bring deliverance and life and hope. And Lord, I pray that the light of your presence will break through the darkness of our dark hour, Jesus. And that you'll raise us up, Lord. That you be glorified. That you be magnified. Lord, that you are seen truly as the way maker, God. The miracle worker. Lord, that is who you are. And Lord, right now, out of every mouth of this room, we declare that you are our Lord. You are our Lord. And you are our deliverer. And God, you are the one who breaks forth in our lives to transform us. And we surrender to your will today, God. Have your way in this house, Jesus. Have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what you're carrying but I sense there's a weight in you and I just pray in the name of Jesus that today you lay that down before him I pray that today that you are allow him to extract out of you the brokenness and find healing in him today because he sees your pain he chooses to touch you where you are and he chooses to bring life into you, to bring hope into you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody declare, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say it again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Y'all love Jesus in this house? Amen. ¿Cuántos aman a nuestro Jesucristo en este lugar? Come on, right? Well, I got somebody said amen. How many love Jesus in the house? Amen. Puedes sentarte. You can sit down if you would like to. Come on. One of these days, I'm going to start a Spanish service, too. Danny, you're going to help me, right? Come on, brother. Por lo menos podemos tener una amen. I said, for at least we'll have one amen. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God is so good to us. I just can't stop bragging on how good he is. I mean... I don't know your past, but I know mine, and I can tell you, thank you, Jesus, for loving 
and caring and being gracious to me and helping me through all of my shortcomings. Amen. How many of, y'all got, how many of you guys like sardines? There's a few. Come on. We sardine lovers, ain't we? Come on. You know, when I used to go to my grandma's house, I had to learn to like sardines. She bought all the flavors. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Them cans pop open, some barbecue, some Texas peat. I mean, I'm talking, they had it all, dude. Some in oil. For those of you got not around here, that's oil. Some's in oil. <laughs> Earl. <laughs> Some's in uh, water. I like them where it stick to your bones. You know what I'm saying? I like them in oil. Stick them out. Mm, just run down your cheek. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> crackers. Come on. Saltine crackers. Bro, bro's over here. Bro's up here going. Uh, <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. Stop talking about it. <laughs> Biscuits. My grandma. I mean, bless her heart. She, she couldn't cook a whole lot. Now her. Now her sister, Sadie. Man, she could cook, dude. You go over there, and it was amazing. My grandma. I love her heart, dude. She never. She couldn't cook. Her, her stove was black as soot, and it wasn't because she's cooking good. <laughs> she, she'd get uh, sweet, baked sweet potatoes. That's, now, what's one thing she could do good? She'd put sweet potatoes, she'd slather them up with oil and put them in there, and I'd go over and eat sweet potatoes, and sometimes we'd have biscuits, and her biscuits was hard as a brick, but hey, they were biscuits, and so we'd have briskets and sardines, dude. Hey, what it is, man. <laughs> it is what it is. But I love my grandma. She was a sweetheart. Had a heart for people. She worked. Um, she would work at the Salvation Army. She got disabled because of brown lung. Um, working in a fiberglass factory. Back then, they didn't know. They didn't know you're supposed to wear a mask. <laughs> and so she lost a, uh, lost a lung. And and so she, she was disabled. But she would work just about every day at Salvation Army. Wanted to help somebody else. Wanted to help and love on other people. And I'm thankful for. You know, a, a family who taught me what it means to love other people, that, to, to serve others, and, and thankful for that. But um, I just want to talk about some biscuits and sardines this morning. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 6. <laughs> Y'all didn't know it was in the Bible, did you? John chapter 6, once again, it is such a pleasure to have our, our guest with us this morning. If you have not done so, there is um, a card in, in front of you. If you'd fill that out, we'd love to have a record of your visit. We just um, are thankful that you're here. I know that uh, there's plenty of places that you could find to, uh, to, to go to, but uh, thank you for choosing here. Those of you who are online, I know that we, somebody, somebody texted, they said, I'm one of your online members. I'm thinking, I've never met you, but praise God. We've got some online members. But uh, for those of you who are online with us, we are thankful that you're online. We pray that you are blessed and highly favored today and that God touches you also. 
John 6, I'd love to hear those papers rattling and those, those um, Bibles opening. If you got your phone, shake it a little bit. Maybe it'll rattle too. I don't know. Starting with verse 4. Now, the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. Therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread? Come on, say that with me. Where are we to buy bread? Where are we to buy bread? So that these may eat. Verse 6. This, this what... This he was saying to test him, for he himself knew that he was intend, what he was intending to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them for everyone to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fishes. Say, five barley loaves and two fishes. Five biscuits and two sardines. Come on. But what are these for so many people? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in in number about 5,000. Jesus then took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed those... uh, who were, to all who were seated, likewise also of the fish, as much as they wanted. Come on, say as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. Verse 12, when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Father, I thank you, God, that you're more than enough. I thank you, God, that despite all of our insufficiencies, despite all of our inabilities, God, that you are all that we need. And I pray that today that we find our hope in you. And Lord, I know that this is a message as a reminder for someone in this place today who is struggling, who, who knows that you're their Lord, but Lord has listened to the noise and has been disturbed. And I pray that today they find peace in knowing that you are more than enough. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Whew. Look at somebody say, you look good this morning. Yeah, you look good this morning. Husband, you bet, that was a good opportunity for you to get a thumbs up today. I was going to say look to your second option and tell them too. But anyway, you know, this, these verses give us a picture, a scene that is absolutely impossible to our eyes. I mean, when we think of this, we're thinking... There's no way, you know. But to God, this is an opportunity. How many say, how many know that God is looking for an opportunity to show himself in your life? Amen? For God, this is an opportunity to, to display his awesome power, his presence, and who he is. This is an opportunity to show the people that he is who he says he is. Come on. 
to overcome and to, to show all the people that he is able to move beyond and able to move above all the situations that you might have, he is able to do it without exception. He's God. In our text, we see that the scripture really presents Jesus, a spiritual truth about Jesus, that Jesus is the bread of life. Thank God that he's the bread of life. <laughs> Jesus, in, in, in the multiplication of the loaves, presents himself as the bread of life. For, for you do not know that Jesus is the bread when, you, when you're hungry. We need to know that he is there for us when we're hungry. He says, all who hunger and thirst shall be filled. You know, I was thinking about this text, and, and, and I'm, I'm reminded sometimes... I get hungry early. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And, and because I, I live in a house full of horses, a bunch of boys who like to eat, <laughs> that translates, my wife stocks the cabinets with all these different snacks. You know, we got all these healthy peanut snacks and, you know, Nutri-Grain bars and all that stuff. And somewhere behind all that is the chips. I don't know about y'all. I, like I like them Snyder's pretzels. You know what I'm saying? The flavored ones. The, yeah, I like the jalapeno ones. Jalapenos. I like them flavored ones. And my problem is, is that I get to snacking before dinner. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I get to fill it, and before long, the bag's half, you know, it's already, I didn't eat half the bag. And Kim comes out with this amazing meal, and I'm like, oh, God. Because <laughs> I know I've got to eat good so that I don't get in trouble. And what's worse is sometimes I go, I go hanging out with people, and, and I eat out. And I don't tell the boss. I mean, I don't tell my wife. <laughs> but I got in trouble that day. I saw that Freudian slip. <laughs> and I had to, I had to fess up. I used to fake it. I used to, Lord, I'd get up from the table. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but, oh Lord, I just ate two meals. <laughs> <laughs> I learned. Long, I learned. It's just better to be honest, babe. I'm sorry. I forgot all about you cooking this meal tonight. And man, I ate. So I'm gonna dabble right now. Forgive me, right? Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. I think that too many times we're dabbling before we get to the dinner. Too many times we're feeding off of this and that, of the junk food. And, 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 and then we don't have a desire for the true meat of God. We don't have a desire to, we don't come hungry. We've been meddling. We've been dabbling. We've passed by, you know, different restaurants, if you will. We've, we, 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 we just don't have the hunger that we used to have. How many identify with that? Is that real? Is that okay? I mean, I know y'all afraid to answer because we're going to have a big altar call. I mean, every one of y'all didn't raise your hand coming up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the truth is, is if there was the same hunger that there used to be when people would literally come and spend hours at the altar and, and, 
and, and, and you know, you'd have to have to steam clean the altar because all of the snot and stuff that we used to portray because we were going hard after God. What would it be like then? Come on. I, I don't know about you, but man, I just want to see God. I just want to see God move in such a way. I don't want it to be yesterday's bread. I'm looking for a fresh, a fresh anointing. I'm looking for a fresh biscuit, if you will. I'm looking for something fresh from God. And those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. I don't know why I said that, because that's not really where, that's not where we're going, but that's good anyway. God wants to fill us. He wants us to see that he's able to fill us. He's able to, to satisfy our soul. He's able to satisfy that which we have a longing for. And I pray that we have a longing for him. In the fourth chapter of John, he presents himself as the living water. And, and if you drink, you will never thirst again. But in verse 5 of, of the text that we read, Jesus asked Philip a question. Where, where are we going to find bread? Where are we going to go and get some bread? Now, it's ironic because, you know, he asked Philip. He didn't ask any of the other ones. And I'm thinking, why did he ask Philip? Why didn't he ask, you know, somebody else? But if you go back to the first chapter of John, we find out that Philip is from Bethesda. Or Bethsaida, whichever, however you want to pronounce that. And guess where they are? Bethesda. And so it's kind of like saying, you know, hey, I'm not from around here. I'm from Oregon, right? Or I'm from New York or something. And I just moved here. And where's the best place to get this or that, right? So you ask a local, a loco, <laughs> local. And, and you know, because they know the area, right? So he's looking. I mean, how many know that when Jesus asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know? Y'all sure are quiet today. Y'all all right? Y'all need that third cup of coffee, don't you? It's not because Jesus doesn't know. He knows. He, he knows the intentions that he has. He wants to find out where you are, right? He, want, he wants to get something out of you. And, and so he asked Philip, look, you're from around here. Where should we go buy bread? <laughs> of course, Poor Philip, he's not looking, he's not thinking of who he's with. All he can see is the problem. How many know that sometimes, sometimes when God asks a question, he really just wants to know, are you willing to trust him? Are you willing to refer back to him? What Philip should have said, Lord, look, you know, there's the five and dime down the street, but you're the, you're the true bread. <laughs> You're the one that we need. You're everything that we have need of. You're right here with us. We don't need to go find anything else. That's not what he did, is it? <laughs> Philip was, he was doing some kind of mental arithmetic. Now, I'm not good at arithmetic. Don't be, don't be amen to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Get you, Timothy. <laughs> I mean, I've been preaching, and I'll say a number, and, and Wesley will look over at, at my wife and say, What? 
I can't help it he's into, you know, astrophysics. I'm, I'm thinking, what is astrophysics? I'd probably be like Philip. I'd probably be looking around saying, Lord, don't you see? There's 5,000 men right here. How, I mean, if you tell me to go to the store, even if I went to the store, here's what he said. It would cost us 200 denarii to buy bread for this crowd of people. I mean, no, we like to, we like to look at the, the checkbooks. Like, Can we do that? Right? We're too busy looking at the arithmetic in our mind. There ain't no way. We can't do that. It's an impossibility. And God's trying to help him with his arithmetic, right? And, and really, if you think about it in a, in a parenthetically way, 200 represents insufficiency. And so what, what he's recognizing is that there's not enough money that we could collect in the offering plate today amongst this crowd to buy enough bread to feed everybody. It's insufficient. I think that's the case sometimes. God needs to get us to a place where we recognize that what we have is insufficient until we can finally lean on him to say you're all sufficient. Amen? Amen. The text tells us in verse 8 and 9, it says, One of the disciples, Andrew, which is Peter's brother, said to him, There's a little lad here. There's a young man here. He's got five biscuits and two sardines. That's the PDV version, Paul Dyer version. But what are they amongst so many? Even Philip and, and Andrew failed the test because of bad arithmetic. Philip's arithmetic or his math was based upon the, the magnitude of the crowd. Andrew's was based on the smallness of what somebody had to offer. Come on. Look, I'm, I'm trying to help you understand that we sometimes have bad math. We're too busy, too busy looking at the circumstances and God is bigger than the circumstance. Philip and Andrew were so overwhelmed by the magnitude of and the smallness that they forgot that who was in the presence, who was right there. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you until the end of the age. So many times we forget that Jesus is right there. He's in the hospital when somebody's sick. Come on. He's in the car when somebody's driving. He's at a home when, when you feel alone. He's always right there. He's at the bank when you're wondering how you're going to make it. He's at the work when you're tired of everybody cussing. He's always there waiting on you to lean on him, waiting on you to say, God, I need you. He's right there. Amen. Amen. Instead of receiving the situation as an opportunity to trust God, they were too busy looking at the impossibility of the situation. And I think that sometimes even as a church, we're too busy looking at the impossibility of what we can do because we're thinking of our, our smallness or, or, or sometimes we might even think about we're too great. But we need to stop trusting in our insufficiency. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into what? Lean, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own ability. Don't lean on your own thought process. Don't, because look, 
God's ways are not our ways, right? His thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. It's not that God's trying to disconnect from us, but God wants us to understand that we've got to be in him. And when we have the mind of Christ and we begin to walk in the spirit of the Lord, he begins to put a, a new goggles on us, so to speak. So we, get, we begin to see things in the way he sees things. We begin to laugh at the problems. We begin to laugh at the, the enormous situations that we find ourselves because we understand that it's better to laugh than to cry because we know that God is in the midst. When we don't know what to do, we just step back and say, okay, God. I don't know how you're going to work this out. But man, I'm looking forward to see how it's going to happen. I don't know how you're going to do this. But Lord, I'm trusting you that whatever you work out will be because it's your plan and not my plan. And Lord, I trust you to take care of it. I trust you to put it all together. Come on, right? We need to stop looking at the what I don't have, right? We need to stop looking, stop looking at what I don't have and, or even what I have and start praising God for what we do have. Thank you, God, that I've got a couple of biscuits, right? Somebody said, I ain't got two wooden nickels rubbed together. At least you got two nickels. <laughs> Look, if God can put on a wind to blow and cause a highway through the Red Sea for Israel to walk through. Come on. If God can do that and, and two million people can cross the Red Sea, don't you know he'll do it? Right? Somebody said, well, science says that on a certain times of the year that the Red Sea goes down to shallow so they could just walk through it. Well, here's the other side then. Well, praise God because God just absolutely destroyed the army of Egypt in shallow water. <laughs> That's right. Too many people trying to explain away God, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, if God could allow Israel to go through on dry ground, if God could... If God could crumble the walls of Jericho without breaking out sledgehammers and, and just marching around and, and blowing some trumpets, don't you believe God can do it? I mean, if God could provide manna in the wilderness when, when, when they didn't have any food and God says, let me give you something, you may not know what it is, but I'm going to give you bread in the midst of the wilderness to, to sustain you. It, don't you know he'll do it? I mean, if God can bring water from a rock in the desert when they were thirsty, don't you know that God is able? If God can take a little shepherd boy with a slingshot and one stone and, 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 and cause a giant to fall, don't you know God can do it? Come on, somebody. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. If God, come on. If God can turn water into wine, if he can heal the sick, if he can raise the dead, if he can touch your life, if he can cause creation, Lord, don't you know that God is able to, to step into your situation and do something great, bigger than you ever thought? Because that's who God is. Amen. 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 And the second little thing that I see in this is that this little boy... This little lad that set the stage for the miracle. 
Don't ever, don't ever minimize your smallness. Don't ever minimize your inability. I mean, here's a little young man. By his willingness to give Jesus his little bitty lunch, right? And he offered what he offered to Jesus, look, I mean, for all practical purposes, was insufficient. It wasn't enough. But what it teaches us is that whenever there's a need, if you will give all to Jesus, he will take care of everything else. Amen? The old song says, little is much when God is in it. I was waiting on you, sister. I was looking for you. You're supposed to be helping me out. <laughs> Labor not for wealth or fame. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. Little as much when God's in it. Because if we do the possible, Jesus will do the impossible. I think too many times we're sitting on the bank waiting on God to do the possible. And yet God is encouraging us. We've got to step out. We've got to do something. We've got to be a part. We, we can't just sit back and say, well, so-and-so's doing that, so I'll just watch them do it. And I know God's going to move because they're doing something good. It's got to be a part of what we do. If God's gifted you, if God's talented you, if God has put something in your heart, then you've got to step out in faith and fulfill that work because when you step out in faith and begin to do what God's called you to do, he's able to step in and do the impossible. He can take the little that you can put in and he can make enormous and impossible situations come to possible. We've got to be willing. We've got to be willing to step out. You know, after he commanded the disciples, uh, he told them, he said, go sit, have these people sit down. 5,000 men. Now, now, we understand that these men didn't come along, right? They brought the, the women and children. And so they were 5,000 plus women and children. Man. Because, you know, back in those days, they didn't, have, they didn't have one kid. Right? They didn't have no TV. They, they kind of like me and Kim, they have four, six, ten. Come on. We finally got wise. Bought a TV. <laughs> uh, y'all don't get me out, Danny. <laughs> the, 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 Bible, the Bible says that Jesus gave things. He had them all sit down. And you got to realize, what is, the, what is the significance here? Because, see, they were, they were moving around. And God wanted them to sit with an expectation. I think sometimes we've got to get into our mind an expectation that God is going to do something big. Because if we always have in mind that we're transit, if we always have in mind that, well, we're just moving to the next thing, or we're just moving to the next uh, place, I'm about to say lugar, the, the idea is that we don't settle and we don't allow God to move where we are. We've got to settle. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to position ourselves with expectation that, hey, look, the Lord just told us to be still and know that I'm God. 
And if we can just stop for a moment and say, God, I'm trusting you where I am because I believe that you have something powerful that you want to do in my life. And I, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be, I don't want to be moving around. I don't want to be, you know, just my ADD self. I don't want to be jumping around all over the place. God, I want to, I want to sit. I want to see it. And so he had him sit down. And then, then the Bible says that he, that he gave thanks. Jesus gave thanks. And by giving thanks, he was telling them that, look, Every good gift comes from my Father. And he began to give thanks, and, and, and he bl- broke, blessed, he blessed, broke, and gave the bread out. How many know that we got to be blessed, right? And we got to be broken, and we got to be given. And Jesus showed an example of himself, of what he would be do- doing for all of us, that he would be blessed, he would be broken for all of us, so that we could experience true life. And in the middle of telling the disciples, uh, you know, in, in the middle of giving thanks and in the middle of distributing disi- uh, with, from the disciples, all those biscuits and sardines got blessed up and given out. Come on. Lastly, <clears throat> the Lord gives, always gives more than enough. The Lord always gives more than enough. Verse 12 and 13 says, When they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing will be lost. The verse 13 says, So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the Five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. See, they loved the sardines so much, they didn't have any left over. They just said, they just said from the five barley loaves. Just kidding. <clears throat> this, is, this is what, this us know that the Lord always gives us more than we need. I mean, he's got the, my kids are in, in college, they're on the meal plan, right? And, and, my daughter, she, she doesn't, she's working with the children today back in nursery. And she, anybody want to help with children, we'd love to have you. We, we, what an investment to invest in children. What an investment to show the love and share the gospel with kids. Amen. And we have a great group of, of kids. I think we had uh, tw- 22 kids last week. And um, man, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to share the word of God with them, to love them? I'm not talking about locked in, you know, chains, ball and chain. <laughs> We're looking for some folks who like to rotate and help the children. I'm, I digress. The thing is that, what was that? Okay. My kids were on the meal plan. You know I'm talking about kids, boy. My kids are on the meal plan, and my daughter, she goes, to, she goes to school, and every week she has a few little credits left over. And I love the credits left over because they've got a Dunkin' Donuts on campus, dude. And I'm so glad that she thinks enough not to waste those credits. So she goes by Dunkin' Donuts. I know y'all getting hungry. It's 1159. She, she goes by Dunkin' Donuts. And gets a dozen of those donuts and 
another bag or whatever else she can put in there. It's good stuff. But think about this. There's always extra credit on God's meal plan. There's always an over an overabundant plan, an overplus plan. I mean, that's why when we look at what David said in Psalms 23, 5, it says, You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. <laughs> Come on, right? You know, I saw somewhere the other day, it said, A pessimist sees everything half empty, right? An optimist sees something half full. But man, a blood-bought saint of God sees stuff overflowing. Amen? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Joel chapter 2, 24. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow. Come on, somebody say overflow. Overflow. Malachi three ten. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me in this, says the Lord of hosts, that if I will not open the windows of heaven, right, and pour out a blessing that you cannot even contain it, that it's, you don't even have enough room to hold it in. Thumb on somebody. In the Gospel of Luke, Luke six thirty eight, says, Give and it shall be given to you, right? Pressed down, shaken together. How I many you had had to chain chain thing? You had to shake it up so you can get put a little more in it. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Shall God? Shall men give under your bosom? Come on, somebody. Even the prodigal son realized this. The prodigal son realized that even in his broken state, if he could just get back to the father's house, because even at the father's house, there's enough bread left over. That could sustain him. Come on, somebody. Amen. Look, God gives us enough air to breathe. He gives us enough light to sustain us. He gives us enough sun that we can stand it. And he gives us enough heat that we can endure it. But the fact is, is that he's all we need. Amen. This morning, I don't know where you find yourself. But I pray that today's been something to give you hope. I recall Jesus when he was in, I think it's Luke chapter 7, Jesus was walking down the road and he came upon a, a funeral procession, procession. And Jesus went by and touched the coffin. And he said to the boy, get up. You know, most people focus on the fact that, that Jesus exerted the power of the resurrection to raise the dead. But the, the real fact is, is that Jesus saw the brokenness of a widow woman. And, and, it, and it specifically identifies her as a widow, which tells me that this is her son that's in the coffin. That she's already lost her husband. And now she's losing her son. Jesus saw the woman in her pain and did something about it. He sees you in your pain and he wants to do something about it. He touched the coffin, which really would have been somewhat of a social no-no. But he did it because God's willing to do 
what might be abnormal so that you can receive something powerful. He touched that coffin. He raised this boy. I want you to know this morning that no matter what your situation is, that he's willing to touch even that which is dead in order to bring life into you. Some of you have had sons and daughters who have fallen away. And you prayed. You grabbed a hold of the altar of God and you sought the Lord. And the Lord did something powerful to bring your son and your daughter back into the kingdom of God. One of these days, I'm going to love to hear Miss Tina Talent's testimony because y'all see this hip, wonderful woman of God playing our keyboard. But what you don't know is that there's a whole lot of things that occurred in her life, a whole lot of baggage that, that she could allow to keep her down. But God raised her up. And if I went to this room, I could, I could point out story after story and, and tell you of different ones who, whether it be themselves or a sibling or a spouse, of the deliverance that God brought in, life, in your lives and family's life. I just want to encourage you that if you, if you are in a place where you feel like you are broken and you need God to step in and do the impossible. That today, God wants to step into your situation. The only limitation, come on, you got to hear me now. The only limitation, the only thing that God can't handle is what you don't give Him. What you don't release to Him. He says this, He says, I'm, I'm able to keep that which is entrusted to me. We've got to give it to him. We've got to lay it in his feet. We've got to trust him. This morning, if you say, Pastor, I've got a situation that I need God to step into. I'm struggling with it. I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time, and I need God to step in. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? Yes, 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 amen. I need God to step in. I know that this might seem embarrassing, and I know it's 12.06. Some of y'all might be worried. But if you raised your hand, would you be brave and come, with me, come down here with me? Because your stepping out might be the step of faith that causes someone else to be willing to step out. Would you come? Would you say, Pastor, I need God to step in. I need the Lord to step into my situation. I need God to help me through what I'm going through. I can't do it on my own. Come on, somebody else. Anybody else? Don't let anything hinder you. Here's what I want. Can I have some prayer warriors to come and step in behind these? 
somebody says, I've been there and God's helped me through. I mean, there's anointing when you've been there and God's helped you through, right? There's an anointing that says, you know what? I used to be an alcoholic, but God delivered me from alcoholism. Come on, there's an anointing. Would you stretch your hands this way? Would you believe with me? Because I believe God is about to step into some situations. Amen? I believe God's about to break some chains. I believe God's about to bring deliverance. He's about to bring wholeness in some lives right now. Anyone else want to come on? If you want to come and step in behind these, come on. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord.
thank you for today. I thank you, God, that you remind us of who you are. Thank you, God, that you are a way maker, a miracle worker. Thank you, God, that you choose us. And Lord, I pray that we will surrender to you, Lord, and allow you to do the impossible in your servants. Thank you, God, for your love and your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your words and your truth. God, may we we reside in those words today, Jesus. And may we walk out your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'd love to invite you. If you you can come tonight, we have a, a business meeting. Somebody said, what? What does a business mean? Church is about being soul saved. Well, we also, God's called us to take care of the facility that he's given us. He's called us to, to, to make decisions like that. And we'd love all of your voices. If, you would love, if you'd like to be here tonight, we'd love to, to hear what your thoughts are. We'd love to share. We're going to be sharing our vision statement. We're going to be sharing our core values. Um, and we'd love you to be a part of that. We want you to know where we're going. And we want your support to be a part of that. Tonight at 6 o'clock, come and be a part of that. Please, love you guys. God bless you.